a listener exclusive. From the Penguin Parade at Phillip Island to that new building development in the middle of Warrigal, this is Talking Gippsland with Ed Cowlishaw. Welcome to another episode of Talking Gippsland. I'm Ed Cowlishaw. Today we head out to Phillip Island, famed for its motorsport, famed for its chocolate factory and, of course, its magnificent wildlife. But what about its music scene? It's eclectic, it's rock, it's entertaining, and there are wonderful establishments for you to go and enjoy. Dimple's Lounge Bar is a groovy experience, taking you back to an era where music was the essence of an era and people wanted to be lost in the atmosphere of a good band. Kick back, relax, and enjoy a chat with Mark Cheklikoff, owner-operator of Dimple's Lounge Bar on Talking Gippsland. Mark, nice to catch up with you finally. We've sort of been uh, daisy doing around each other. I think if we did the hokey pokey a few times, uh, we'd probably fail at that game. But it is great to have you a part of Talking Gippsland and talking about um, one of the passions that you have, and that, of course, is uh, Dimples Lounge Bar here in Phillip Island. It is a beautiful uh, musical educational facility in a lot of ways. If you love your music, you'll venture in here and and I think you'll keep coming back over and over and over again, not only because it's a wonderful venue, but the clientele that you have keep coming back is quite amazing as well. Let's go back to the days of you falling in love with music and to where you are now, uh, to think of you stomping around the Bundura campus at La Trobe or in Melbourne and seeing these wonderful bands. Like you, you name some iconic bands like the Oils and uh, the Skyhooks, you know, Shirley Strawn up on stage, oh. all dressed up and... You know, it was a wonderful era of pub, rock and roll, right. Cold Chisel, all these wonderful bands that were touring around our region in the late 70s and 80s. Did you ever think that you'd be owning an establishment going, this is where my track's going to be? Or did you go, right, no, this is where mum and dad want me to go. They want me to stay in the one job for 20 or 30 years and away they go that way. What, what was the upbringing like there from... Because I know speaking to my father, yeah. and he's a Beatles man, and uh, growing up a baby boomer, and you know, it was his way of the high. He, they're doers. That's what the baby boomers are compared to the war generation. Where boom, boom, boom. What was your upbringing like in that regard? Uh, well, my upbringing, I was pretty fortunate. My mum and dad <coughs> lived in a flat uh, in Ivanhoe, where I was, right. I was born. Uh, their early maternity hospital, I think it was. Yeah. And we lived with my grandfather had passed away when I was one and a half. Yep. But my aunt was only about six years older than me, and then there was a couple of other uncles and aunts. So they were between the ages of 15 and six. So I sort of grew up with them, and that was the time in the 60s with the Beatles and Elvis Presley and all these other sort of big name artists that were playing at the time. And we had this huge, uh, like, uh, entertainment centre, as you might call it nowadays, but it was a TV, a phonograph and a radio. Yeah. It was all Bakelite and all yeah. the rest of it. They always used to get there and, and dance around and they were really, really encouraging of me to uh, listen to music. Um, uh, and it was what it was back in the day. And, um, yeah, so f- I, I suppose from a really early age, and because they weren't that much older than me and they were teenagers and so forth, they were into the... The mod, or the music of the time. Yeah. So I got bombarded with that and whether that's a thing or not, that's, I think, when it's first started. 
uh, when I first really started picking up on, on the music. And then, of course, I've been carrying around albums, you know, since my early teens, since I could first buy one. I think my first album was uh, one of those um, mashed together top single yes. things. Yeah, and yeah. I remember buying it and... The girl, I think it was at Brashes or something like that at the time. They said, Brashes. are you sure you want to buy this? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like all, all the poppy hits of the yeah. time and all that. And that was great. Um, and I think my first actual concert that I went to was um, something called somebody called Gordon Lightfoot, yep. which I went with yep. my uncle who took me to, uh, I think it was... Was it the uh, Palais or Espy or uh, No, I think it might have been Dallas Books Hall. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think yeah. It, was, it was something like that because I, I think I was like about 13 or 14 at the time and I thought, oh, yeah, I mean, he, he's pretty laid-back sort of artist, you know, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald and things like that. Uh, but that was my first. And then... Um, then the next concert I went to was uh, Alice Cooper, Welcome to My Nightmare. <laughs> Hang on. There's a juxtaposition right there, isn't uh, it? You know, good, good line foot to Alice Cooper. I mean, oh, what, was that adolescence that was turning up? What, what happened there? Well, I, I think it was like I also used to listen to Nana Muscuri and Nat King Cole. I mean, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, what resonates to you. And if you can get past oh, the, the showbiz thing, yes. think, stop, think about the music, what goes into it. I mean... You saw my wall of albums mm. coming up the stairwell. And at first up, I was just putting these albums up. And then I thought, hang on, let's just research some of these people and who they are. And it blew me away when you started looking at the history of them. They're, the albums, they may be worth a dollar or up to $50, $100 each nowadays. However, you look at the history of the people who actually put this stuff together. And they were pioneers. We may have forgotten them by now because of all the media, you know, in your face, quick, 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 the next yeah. biggest hit and all that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, there's just been so much love and passion and you can imagine the, the, the cost to them in the direction of their life, but that's the life that they chose and they were so dedicated to it and to produce every album is a, is a project in itself, you know, whether you like the music or not. Um, and I think that needs to be appreciated by people. And, so, and nowadays we get so much bombarded by so much information, you know, we're filtering all the time. You walk up a street here and you see signs everywhere, you know, and it could be something that you want, uh, but you, you lose it in the whole and a cacophony of information being thrown at you. So were well. you uh, conquering the Eagle Bar is what it was known when I was going through La Trobe in 2000? Was it the Eagle Bar back then uh, and up in Bundura or where, whereabouts were you it's hanging out? Bundura campus. Yes, that's yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, Bundura campus in yeah. the student hall. I think that's what it might have been called, but yeah. I'm not much of a drinker. No, <laughs> right, no but there, so if there's music playing, there's I'm sure you were there. Playing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was there. And um, oh, do you remember uh, Night Moves? Do you remember yes. that thing? Yeah. yeah, right. They did uh, a special where they had two stages set up and they had cameras and all the rest of it and they had some fantastic uh, Australian, iconic Australian artists playing and it was like from one to the other, backwards and forwards. I think Men at Work were there and yeah. all sorts of people yeah. and it was just an amazing place to be and a friend there taking photos and quick, uh, quick change over the... And, and met some of the um, New Zealand band with Tim Finn and so forth. Oh, uh, split end, it could be split ends or split crowded ends, house. No, it depends it which split, one you wanted. It was yeah. split ends, yeah. yeah. They, they came and played as well and... Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. You know, I mean, yeah. I didn't 
understand at the time. I just just was enjoying their music and these people, and I didn't realise how iconic these people were going to become. Um, I mean, I went to put my ACDC little single. I think it was uh, Long Way to the Shop if you want to check a roll. You know, I'm oh, sorry, Long Way to the yes. Top if you want to rock and roll. And the other side was Can I Sit Next to You, Girl? And I thought, oh, I went and played it on the front there and put my... Um, put my uh, photograph going, you know, turntable was going and um, setting it up. And my younger son, who's now in his early 30s, came down because he grew up with MP3 players and so forth. And he came down and looked at me and just said, you know, why are you bothering with the, the vinyls? And he came up here and as you can see, there's lots of painting being done and lots of artwork. And after two days, he came down, walked up to me and just said, I get it. And he walked back up the stairs again, and that's the last he said about yep. it. So he, he understood that, you know, you've got live music, you've got our vinyls, uh, you've got our digital stuff, which is great. You know, the only really annoying thing about vinyls, I find, is you've got to swap them over every 20 minutes. <laughs> but um, getting back to that single, um, the ACDC single, I thought, oh, I'll put that on the wall too. It's nice and iconic. It's a bit rough, you know. It's all played, but... And then I looked at it, and it was something like about $50, $60 unplayable for the little single. I thought... No, I'm not going to put that up yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit too good, you know. Too good, yeah. But there yeah. are some really uh, some good ones uh, up there as such and a few little jokes and different sizes, you know, the 10-inch as well. Uh, I haven't put any 78s on there, but, you know, I've got the, the singles, our albums, the 12-inch albums and the 10-inch as well. So, and getting people to sit, just look there on the stairs sometimes and just trying to work out who's who and all the rest of it. Well, it's a stairway to music heaven that you've got created, really, because you're going through that era, you've got the younger generation going, what's that, firstly? They'll say, what, what's, what's the difference between a smaller record and a, and a bigger record, right? And that creates conversation. You'll have people stopping on the stairs and then going down memory lane and things like that. Yeah. And I think that's what I've got from my short time here at Dimples is that when I look around, you're trying to create that avenue of discussion as well as being one with the music. So you've got, you know, musicians like Mark Howard or Eric Collier or whoever it is, local musicians that are going to be performing on stage and, and others. And then you've got these wonderful, like, Pink's touring in the next year and a bit. Then you've yeah. got, you know, Kurt Cobain over there. You've got Bob Marley on there. They, these are discussion points, but also people that changed an era of, of music that we grew up with as well. And I think that's really important to showcase on the walls whilst also promoting... Local talent. I, I remember you were talking to me uh, just the other week about a father and son duo that were performing on stage, and I think the son is only thirteen or something along those lines. There, yes, and tell us a little bit about that. I mean, that's that's creating a pathway for the next generation coming through to simply start falling in love with music, but also playing to a crowd. Yeah, well, it's stagecraft, and that, that was one of the things that we wanted to do is bring some of the younger performers in who have maybe been working, you know, doing this at school and all that sort of thing, and coming in in front of an audience, a real audience. And um, there's uh, Esther and Tom. Uh, Esther is a high school student out here at uh, the local high school, and um, her father basically just said to me how great this has been, not just for her musical career, but a, a confidence everywhere else. You know, the, we even pay her. She came in on... Um, a uh, open mic and yeah. started singing we thought wow you know this this young lady's got a lot of talent uh and we should be encouraging her and she came up and said well try and put a you know two three sets together and you know we'll employ you on a sunday 
And of course, when they do that, it builds their confidence up and their friends and their relatives come as well and sit around and, and then people on the street coming in and listening to them sing. Uh, and it's been amazing. And now she's not only doing her solo stuff, she's also working with her father. And her father's voice uh, and hers, oh, it's got a resonance like you wouldn't mm. believe and she's also got now her own band um going she's a member of this big band which we're going to get, come in and they're all like teenagers and things like that uh the open mics really sort of showcase so many people and, and talent we had um another lady who um five years ago had a, a very serious accident she was a professional singer and um when she had that serious accident, they found that she uh, had um, an issue uh, with her uh, brain as such and she got really sick and died a few times on the operating table and has come back and to bring, give her the opportunity to come in and come up on stage and it was just the first time she came in, she was quite, it's been a while, been through a lot of trauma. Uh, and this is part of her healing process and it was my wife, myself and my son and we just sat there and listened to her get up on this stage. The whole place was closed and Mark was there accompanying and just to bring her back and yeah. get her voice, you know, retrained and so forth and she's been coming back now for this 18 months, you know, off and on on the open mics and just singing and coming up to the green room and dressing up and getting back into it and I think she's over in Europe at the moment for a few months. But you see stories like that, um, Corey Blackley and Will, his son, so Corey's uh, a local singer as well and sings all over this region uh, and up in Melbourne as well and his son too is a great singer and to just listen to them sing you know individually as they go um, so it's Tom uh, there's the young fellow who he's uh, come out he's Canadian he's been here like 10 years and he said oh look and my son come up he's 13 he's playing the drums yeah. and, and so we got them up on open mic and they set their drum kit up and they sang together and it was great and apparently on the way home from what I was told you know the son just turned to his dad and said I think they enjoyed that yeah yeah and that's fantastic you know this is you know for all the running of businesses there's always it's always issues you know and some of them you think oh why am I bothering and then you sit back and you, you watch people get up there and just sitting around listening to the music and you can see how much they're really engrossed or in their own world with that music. So we both find ourselves here in Gippsland and one thing that I've noticed from the music scene is that it is so eclectic. There is so much variety on a local level but also from the next level up of those touring around this nation and and maybe even international guests as well that filter through our region. They're including various spots of Gippsland. Phillip Island is one of those spots. You've got yourselves here, Dimples. You've got the Western Port Hotel on the other side in San Remo as well. And you mentioned how you work well with various other clientels around cows here. Mm. How do you go working with the Western Port as well and two competing sort of live music venues uh, so close to each other but also at the same time trying to do the same thing and that's bring people down to the island? Yeah, well, what they're able to do as opposed to what we're able to do. Ours is, I suppose, a more intimate uh, environment than theirs. Uh, We haven't worked 
directly with them, but people, one of the managers from Western Port often comes in here and we have a chat about, you know, what's going on, how we can get uh, different artists in. Yeah. And, you know, even down to can, can we get cheaper alcohol through them and that, that kind of thing because, you know, we're on an island, we're in this region, we're, you know, with country folk, I mean... How we can work in with them, we're still you know, learning and finding our feet. As I said, we've only been doing this now for 18, 19 months um, and just listening to people who are the experts who have been in this a long time and give, you know, taking their direction or listening to our clients um, and customers that come in, listening to the artists you know, on the suggestions that they have. Um, one of the things that we really want to go in our next stage as we sort of move in this industry and improve things and make it more accessible for people is do some live streaming. Um, at the moment, we're looking at doing some live streaming from our stage there, not just up to the up here, up the top here to this screen and piping the music up, but also streaming that out on uh, YouTube channels and things like that, so that the artists that are playing here can then get that extra exposure as well so that people don't necessarily, oh, it's a long way to go, oh, let's, what, what's going on down there? Boom. And, and getting that information and hopefully enjoying the music as much mm. as what we do. If you're a Gippsland family, whether you're out in East Gippsland, out in Orbost or Bairnsdale or uh, down in uh, Foster, down south, or maybe up in uh, Rawson, up in Borbore and things like that, and you're heading out to Phillip Island, and we know here in Gippsland we like to holiday in our backyard because it's the best backyard in the world, as we know. A uh, little bit fresh sometimes, but it's the best backyard in the world. Where, when they come down to Phillip Island and they, they walk into Dimples, what do you want people to experience if you're a Gippsland or anyone really for the first time you walk in the door there's live music going on what what is the one thing you want them to walk away with and go yeah that's dimples I hear so many people saying what a fantastic vibe you've created here this is you know I, I love it you know I'll, I'll be back I'll be telling my friends about it that kind of thing and and that to us is the ultimate I mean it's all about respect right respect the venue respect the people in it uh, respect the musicians, the music, and yeah, and then respect yourself, right? Because that's what it ultimately focuses in as well. And so many people just walking out, just smiling. That's what it is. I know we're heading into a summer which I think is nearly two years clear of the COVID disaster for musicians and artists and theatre goers uh, around this great nation of ours. What do you got planned for summer? Well, we're looking at um, doing more major events, as in uh, more community events. We've got the Ukulele Festival coming up in November, and there's a Ukulele Festival that's being run in um, South Australia, in Adelaide, uh, and they wanted to produce one here. And they tried last year and it didn't work, and they came and spoke to us. We said, right, you're going to do this Ukulele Festival they're getting information and help from the people in uh, South Australia as well. And that's happening in November. We're also looking at doing like um, a youth showcase as well. We're looking at all these little projects down, down the line and opening ourselves up to as much community involvement as possible. And even if it's just, you know, teachers wanting to bring their students, their music students in to use the stage and learn a bit of stagecraft and back out there. It's, I mean, it's one thing to sit in a little studio uh, with your teacher, you know, doing violin or guitar or whatever it might be, uh, but it's another thing there to be up front and centre. And, and for some people, I think they find it a little bit confronting to start with. And I've seen people walking the door, which is next to the stage, and they look in and go, oh, everybody's 
looking, but yeah. they're not looking at me. They're looking, oh, the yeah. artist. And it's, it's, a, it's a real change of mindset for them. And it's like, oh, everybody's doing this rather than just going in and just ignoring the artist who's playing background music in, in the corner of a, a restaurant somewhere, that kind of thing. Oh, the acoustics aren't good. Um, through good planning and a bit of good luck with this venue, the music sounds really good. If people listening now, if, if this sparks their interest and they've got some sort of project in mind, contact us. Yeah, yeah we're open to all that uh, sort of thing and so, you know, let's see if we can make it work and bring your friends, bring yourselves in and have a look at the place to start with. Can we do something? Great. We'll work with you. We, we want to see a success. Uh, for our artists, for our community, for ourselves and keep this place going, you know, because if people don't come out and say, oh, yes, a live music venue, but we don't come out and support it, well, they're not going to be there. I mean, look what's happened in Melbourne. And, and that's it, isn't it? I mean, it, 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 some have survived, some haven't since COVID, uh, and we know that the arts industry copped it more, more than ever. Uh, Mark, it's been great to catch up with you and just chew the fat, talk about your Thanks life, your, your music and... But also what you're doing here in Dimples, but also for the Phillip Island community and for Gippslanders as well. I mean, this is going to be, you know, a mainstay uh, for a lot of years to come. I know you're hoping that and I hope it will be because when it comes that you're creating a pathway for local musicians. And I think that is terribly important. We've got a really strong local music scene. And when we have a venue dedicated to the music and the respect of the music and also the people involved with it and everything like that, I think it can only go one way and that is up. So thanks again for joining us on Talking Gippsland. Thank you very much, Ed. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Looking forward to catching up with you soon in our next episode of Talking Gippsland. A listener production.